Hello again, folks. Uh, JP here once more to let you know that this is part two of the social media episode that Father Chuck and I recorded. So if you've listened to part one, this is, of course, the epic conclusion of that topic. And if you haven't listened to part one, well, uh, well, not, not so fast, because that's not how this works. You need to go back and listen to part one, and then continue on part two. All right, let's get on with it. Part two, go. Where I was going with that is, uh, since social media has become what it is today and has evolved from all these different interactions we've had, I mean, we've gone back to like our, our days as, as, as children, you know, using the computer for video games or, you know, basic programming to social media today. This is my question, not just to you, Chuck, but to the universe, because I got to be honest with you, I don't know the answer to it. What purpose does social media serve? Right a couple days ago. It was um, either in the Atlantic or somewhere, maybe it was Newsweek, um, a little editorial piece on why Twitter needs to just disappear. and Which could happen because it's not doing well. Right. Well, and that's, and that's the, to the point is even the, even the, even the owner of Twitter, or the developer of Twitter, has said that he has no idea what it's for. Like, <laughs> as we say, they developed it for it to kind of see what it would become. Like they knew that they didn't have like an end. They didn't have an end goal into what it was supposed to be. They just wanted to let it evolve. And in a way you think about Facebook, the same kind of thing. Right. Um, you know, you watch like the social network and you see that it was originally like kind of like a hot or not.com basically. Yeah. Oh gosh. We didn't talk about hot or not. <laughs> I use that a few times. That, yeah, that, that, that was like, <laughs> I was on that site. I was I too. Do well, it was like, I was, I was a 6.5. <laughs> I think I got like a nine. Anyway, the, the oh shut up. Yeah, somebody somebody put it up there for me, and they used like a an exceptionally flattering photo of mine that was <laughs> not at all reflective of reality. Because anyway, but um, but like even Facebook, like does Mark Zuckerberg know what he wanted it to be to begin to begin with? I mean, like when he started getting criticism and during this election, being told that you know, well, most people are getting their news through it. He's like, well, it's not a news platform. It's meant for families to share things. And it's Which like, is funny because that's what everybody uses it for. Right. It's like, well, no, it, it is what people are using it for. Like if, if, if the majority of Americans are getting the news from it, guess what? You're a news provider, whether you want to be one or not. And this is the problem with creating something that doesn't have an ingrained narrative. Like I get the, I get the idea of, you know, seeing the creativity of how people are going to use things, putting things out there and seeing where they're going to go with it. Um, but like um, – but like this is one of those things like you can't you can't as the CEO and developer of this thing say that it is or isn't something when you haven't programmed into it to be that thing and limit it to be that thing. If you didn't want it to be a news if you didn't want it to be a news source, then you should never have put a news feed timeline in it. Exactly. That's a very good point. Um I mean we call it a news feed. Right. Well, I mean they they changed it to timeline, but for the longest time it was news feed. Right. Um, because remember, remember how remember how mad people got when the timeline came out. Yeah, I was one of those people. Oh yeah, yeah, I was too. That was like the thing. I think it, that was like the thing you did. That was like that's like a key part of your Facebook de- like life is develop it and then holler about whatever they've done. Like they would make a change and you right. yell about it, and then you would just accept it. Yeah, it's like being an Apple user. <laughs> I don't complain about the changes. Oh, Steve Jobs would love you, Chuck. Um. 
I would love. Did you see the movie? By the way, a little tangent. Did you see Steve Jobs? No, I, I want. I, I want to see it. I want to see both of them. I read his bio. I read the Walter Isaac's biography, and I'm. I have actually become very fascinated with Steve Jobs as a person. I, I, um, I'm. I'm very intrigued by him. It's a really good movie. I think it was probably one of the best movies that came out that year. It's uh, made by your boy, Aaron Danny Sorkin. Boyle. Oh, Danny Boyle. That's right. Yeah, written by Aaron Sorkin, right? Yes. Yep. So it's it's really good. Uh, not to diverge, but it's a great movie. I think relevant to the, the thing. He talks a lot about how like the customer doesn't know what he wants, and I'm just going to give him what I think he wants, right? Or give him what I what I want. Um, so back to the purpose yeah. of social media. I mean, there's some like I guess some surface ideas of what social media is. You can say, oh, it's connecting and t- staying in touch with family and friends, even though we were doing that for like ten years before, with through AIM and chat rooms and message boards, uh, or and different- or letter writing or <laughs> writing. Uh, sharing reunions. things like like, Zuck, like Zuckerberg has been saying, it's the share stuff. Uh, we were always sharing things, right? <clears throat> um, I, I, I think the biggest purpose that that is sort of fulfilled that's I think is, is kind of revolutionary uh, is you know advertising your own projects, like people like us with our with our podcast. I think social media helps us out a lot, even though we probably don't use utilize it as as much as we probably should be. True, um, but I think. It's actually helped a lot of artists and a lot of small businesses more than anything else. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, it totally has, especially before, before Facebook adjusted its algorithm. Mm-hmm. The, the, with the, the, the algorithm that only shows like the like four most recent things or something, whatever, like the way it works now. Because um, it used to be a lot more, there was a lot more discovery stuff to it. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I agree with that. Um, just like I, you know, I mean, I look at it like, it, I kind of think of another type of social media, I guess. It, to me, it, it, it feels, when I go to the website, it feels very, like, old internet. But I think of, like, DeviantArt. Um, oh, yeah. Which is a website that allows um, artists to, I mean, some very fringy artists who are into some, you know, some, 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 let's just say interesting pursuits. But it does allow people to promote their art, you know, and like art that's, you know, that really has entered the pop culture through things like that, like cosplay. Cosplay would still be seen as like a, a, a fan convention curiosity if it were not for deviant art kind of helping it being seen outside of that context and being, and letting it being seen as a type of performance art that has really grown and become part of popular culture. Um, so yeah, social media does have these great benefits to it. I mean, and then there's the other piece where, you know, like Twitter was instrumental in the Arab spring, you know, I mean, of course people tended to be using Twitter as a way to direct people to like their Facebook pages and other forms of social media but social media as a thing has helped foster some revolutionary um movements which i mean as this article that i read about why twitter should go away mentioned pointed out that none of them really took um but it has allowed for some awareness raising and other things like social activism wise Mm -hmm. to um to really gain steam and if you know and 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 i know we're going to get to it because there's always a dark counterpoint counterpart to all of these things that social media fosters but right. there is some good things in it. But I'm with you on this, JP, in that I think those are consequential. Mm-hmm. It's not what it's not what fa- it's not what social media was designed to do. 
And that really what it comes down to it, all social media is, is another form of convenience. Mm -hmm. Because what it allows people to do is to do what they've always done just instantly rather than waiting for things to, to, to happen. You know, you're not, you're able to watch a story and even some ways participate in a news story as it's happening rather than hearing about it and then waiting, you know, for the 11 o'clock news for the reporters to give you, you know, their version of the story, you know, or wait for the paper the next day or the evening edition of the paper as it was in the past, you know, to, to get updates, you can see it unfold in front of you. And, um, so it allows for some participatory stuff, um, that, uh, but it, but again, it's just, it's a convenience instantaneous thing. I don't think it's anything more than that. It's not really contributing anything new. It's just making what we've always done instant rather than right. Yeah. Participation. Even Trump's campaign has said on record, uh, who, what's his son-in-law's name? Kirshner. Yeah. Jared Kirshner. Jared Kirshner has said that, you know, they, they kind of owe a lot of their, of their success to social media because Kirshner, he, he like got, I mean, he connected with people in like Silicon Valley and how to use social media to kind of get the word out about their campaign and to get people involved. Yeah. I mean, that's the same could be said for Obama's 2008 campaign. Right. They were very social media savvy. Um, I mean, social media of that time, which is crazy, by the way, that 10 years ago, social media was a completely different beast oh, totally, yeah. than it is now. You know, we have the same platforms we use today, but it's completely different. I mean, in, in two, think about it. In 2008, the iPhone 3G was <laughs> yeah. brand new. Right. You know, that's how much things have changed. Well, we had mentioned earlier about, uh, like, personal branding. And I had said that uh, I think the, the biggest purpose it seems to be serving is for projects or businesses or, or artists to kind of get the word out. Um I think that's also kind of changed like our personas into and in, in from being people into being like our own business, our own product. Like there are people on social media, their whole business is that they exist on social media, right? Especially, I mean, especially like on on, on Instagram, right? I've learned, um, or on Twitter, people who just I don't know who just rant and rave. They come up with so there there are people on. Uh, even uh, YouTube, we haven't talked about YouTube, which is, you know, uh, kind of its own little form of social media, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, people who call themselves comedians, even though they've, they've never stood in front of a microphone in front of people, but you know, they're in front of a, a camera on YouTube or they're on Twitter making jokes and, and they become what's called Twitter famous <laughs> or YouTube famous. We have YouTube celebrities, Twitter celebrities. Right. And, and these are people that like, that like kids that are currently like in like early high school, middle school. Yeah. Like they recognize and know them and follow them the way that we like might follow like like a musician or like, right. you know, like a like some kind of a television or movie actor. Like that to them, they're a personality. And that's like crazy to me. Like you and I are at that age where we just don't understand that. <laughs> yeah. Like why um, PewDiePie is like oh my gosh. huge. Not only do I not understand PewDiePie, I have no desire to understand PewDiePie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but We're I, old. I, mean, I We're guess old. it's yeah. I mean, it's I mean, it's like like radio DJs, you know, or or, or VJs, you ah. know, Pauly, the Polly Shore of his time. <laughs> that's your future PewDiePie. <laughs> Polly Shore, that's great. Or you know, he could be like Matt Pinfield or Kurt Loder. Come on, yeah, Kurt Loder, who's like it's like seventy years old now. I know. Oof. Um, 
but getting back, this this segues into the next question I have for you, Chuck, and that is the what are the possible negative effects of social media? Talking about our own personal branding, I read an article a few years ago uh, about a 16-year-old girl who used Instagram, um, who, who was Instagram famous, and her whole, I mean, her career, she she had, she engineered a career of just taking photos of herself, A, because she was very pretty, and she got the attention of spon- of like these corporations and different companies that used her to sponsor products. And that became her life of just like showing off these products and like a selfie with, uh, you know, this line of jewelry or something. And it like, it like, it just made her extremely depressed and she had to get out of it because that was her life. And you're talking about editing reality, Chuck. Mm-hmm. Th- that was what she, that was what, what was bothering her is that like, I'm not actually living my life. People think that this is my life. It's not. You know, I'm just creating this sort of environment to advertise these products so I can make money and go to college. Right. And and that's where I, I get concerned is that it's fostering – I mean, it's a tool, right? This stuff is all right. tools. And so it's all about how we use it. So I don't want to sit here and talk about it solely as though, like, it exists in this abstract vacuum that – on its own by itself affects us and changes. Like, you know, we opt into it a certain way and we, you know, we put into it, we want, you know, and there's, and there's, and there's, there's culpability um, Mm -hmm. in how it's used because we actively elect to use it or not use it. But I will say that what I am concerned about is that in some ways we're no longer persons, we're brands. Right. And it's, you know, I, I bring up the girl who had to like, who had like sponsors and stuff. That's like like a totally bigger level even to a smaller level, like where you don't have sponsors at all, you're still, you can still edit your reality and, and it's making people depressed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's the classic, it's, it, I mean, the, 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 the most obvious one is you take five or you, you, there's five or six pictures of you that you want to put on Facebook. You're going to pick the one that's the most flattering of you. Right. That's, that's editing. You're making a choice of what you're putting out into the world. And so you're choosing to only show things that are, that are, that are, that show you in a certain light. So it's a, it's, it's, it's basically, it's a fashion choice. You're making a fashion choices through your own, you know, online for clicks and internet points. Yeah. And I guess that's the thing is like, what are you trying to do with it? And like, what's the ultimate goal with it? And it, it, it ultimately to me is nihilistic. It's just nothing. It amounts to nothing. It's stuff that we always have done as people, but now there's like a, this is, you know, Patrick likes my sort of nonsensical father fun likes my nonsensical statements, but it's almost like a tangible nothing. Um, <laughs> you know, like there's, or I shouldn't say a quantifiable nothing because right. like there's a number, but the number doesn't really mean anything. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, a Reddit, you know, it's just a Let me give you gold contest for, you- the, for the, for the amount of points you get, you know, they call it, right. uh, you know, karma whoring. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's like. Um, it's, it's, it's a very strange thing about it. And, you know, I, I have my theories and I'll probably talk about my theories later, but about some of that, but like, I, um, but yeah, I'm, I, and here's like, like I think about, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a moment that, uh, that I had recently. And this is something that I've found since I've left it. Cause I know we haven't really talked about me leaving it. Right. Or whatever I, it is that I'm doing with it. And that is, I've noticed in the like almost two months that I've been away from it that I am less inclined to feel the need to share everything I'm doing. Right. Like 
so I was at I was at Disney this past weekend. My 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 youngest son turned a year old, so we went to Disney because you know he's going to remember that. Um, and we, Charlie, my oldest, my two year old, um, Kana took him on the Barnstormer, which is the goofy roller coaster, and it's a kids roller coaster. It's the first roller coaster that I probably ever went on, and so here we go with Charlie, his first ever roller coaster. And so I go over to watch him, and I had my phone out, and I was like, "All right, I want to get a, I want to get a video of Charlie's first roller coaster ride." Mm-hmm. And I keep waiting for him, waiting for him to come up. And then I'm like, and then I start kind of looking. I'm like, I don't really have a good angle. I can't really see much. You're not really going to see him with the image. And then I realize I'm like, well, if I have the camera out, I'm going to look at the camera. I'm not actually going to see with my own eyes my son enjoying his first roller coaster or, or being terrified by whatever it was, you know, experience with the roller coaster. I was going to let the camera be the one making that decision so that I could then put it online for who? Who's going to watch that? You know, right. like my, my, my mom and my, my mom and in-laws might watch it once and then that's it. Like, but then it's out there forever for people. Like it just, it's, it, so I was like, and I would rather watch my son with my own eyes, like, and see that experience. And that's something that means something to me. Like, I don't need to share this to anyone, but it was like a very, like, I kind of walked this whole process in my head while I was waiting for, for them to, for the, for them to be on the ride. And I'm, you know, been thinking about this the past couple weeks, several weeks, about how weird it is that we don't really, it seems like with social media, like we're, we're pressured or whatever we want to say about it, that we're not really actually living our lives. We're sharing something that looks like a life in order for people to think we have a life, even though we wind up not having a life because all we're doing is trying to craft this facade of a life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you said, you're, you're editing reality. Yeah. And there's a, there's a point where it's kind of stops being social media and starts being like social engineering. Right. There, there are side effects to this. And, uh, you know, there's, there have been a lot of reports in these past few years, uh, you know, the more popular social media gets and, um, the more impact it has, you know, people are going to start paying more attention to it. Um, it's been, the cause of uh, depression for a lot of people. Right. And you've mentioned that a couple times here. And I know you, you, you read a thing about this. Do you want to talk more about? Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I just read it before we logged on. Um, but you know, Facebook depression is something that a lot of um, psychologists, and a lot of doctors are, are looking at considering. Um, and uh, I mean, it's still kind of being researched and debated on. Um, because there's actually a lot of old assumptions that have kind of thrown out the window. Like there, there was this idea that more and more people were becoming depressed using social media. And the original idea was because they thought that people were replacing their real world relationships with a social media relationship. Um, and that was causing them to be more depressed because it's not like face to face or something, but they've kind of thrown that theory out the window. But they say that uh, some individuals may be more prone to Facebook depression depending on uh, four factors. One is how many friends they have. Two, how much time they spend reading updates from uh, their circle of friends. Three, how frequently they read those updates. And four, how many of these updates contain content that suggests bragging. Now, the people don't actually have to be bragging. Like, it could just look like bragging. Right. Because, as we know, on the internet, you can't always read, <laughs> like, what someone's intention is because not everyone can, like, actually broadcast that well. So, if I post a picture of, like, my new car, 
people can interpret that as, as like whatever they want. People can be like, oh, he got a new car. That's nice. Uh, he must be really thankful for that. Or some people are like, what does this guy think he's doing? He's just flashing his car in my face. Like I'm supposed to be like, you know, jealous. Right. And uh, 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 sorry if this is a, if this is a diversion, but it, it, this, you, you're getting to something that I'm, I, I've been fascinated with in social media for the past couple of years. And that is the way that, well, two things kind of happen. One is that because it's on my browser and on my screen, I feel that it's somehow directed at me personally. Yeah. <laughs> and the other is, is that this, this thing as though I have to respond to it. Right. Yes. That, yeah. Oh gosh. Yes. <laughs> and then that's, and that's what social media has really empowered. Hasn't it? You know, you and I grew up in a generation, or at least, I, I mean, I hear a lot of boomers complain about this. So I'm just kind of going <laughs> on their word where, you know, self-esteem is a very important thing and that we're all precious snowflakes and all of our opinions are important. Right. Uh, now we are in a day and age where we can broadcast all those opinions right. that are so important. Right. And now we're kind of learning that, oh, maybe they're not all that important. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's no. That's what I've learned. No, you, no most, <laughs> most, import, most opinions... Um, most people should just shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let the adults do the talking. Yeah. Conspiracy theory, quasi-racist worldviews are considered like something that you have to like legitimately consider now. Right. It's a platform. That's crazy because we live in a world where everyone's opinion matters. It's like, newsflash, some of your opinions don't matter. In fact, some of your opinions are terrible. And <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I should be forced to have to try to engage. It's like the illustration I gave to Kane and my wife the other day was, um, was it's like, it's like the kids coming up from the, from the kids' table at Thanksgiving and trying to have a conversation with the adults. And then, like, the adults being like, well, you need to go out to the kids' table. And then being like, no. And, like, demanding that you, like, engage them right then and there on their level and, and try to act like they're somehow, like, equals to you. Right. And it's like, no. That's just not how this works. Yeah. But because so because of where we're at now, we've sort of overly democratized everything. And we sort of act like everyone's opinion is on a living, level playing field. And it's like, right. no, some people's opinions are based more in reality than others. And, you know, and I, I got to be honest with you when I, like, I'm at an age now where it's like, I hear that, like, you know, you're 19, 20 years old broadcasting opinions on the internet. I'm not sure that I really care that much because I just don't know if you have enough real world experience to really have that formed of an opinion. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you're trying to figure things out. I'm glad that you're, you're learning to craft and develop thoughts and, and energies around things. And that's, and you have passions. That's awesome. But there's a reason why I think back with a um, professor Athey, our creative writing teacher always taught us in the school. So there's a reason why no author has like their best work until they're over 40 right, because yeah. like, <laughs> because you don't yeah. really have much to say until there's no, there's really much, not much to say of, of value until that age. You know what this makes me think of? Um, do you remember back in the nineties when uh, on MTV, there was a show called Squirt TV, and it was um, hosted by this kid. Um, oh, what's his name? He has to, he had a podcast for a while. He's sort of a, he's a comedy writer now, but he was like a little kid. He wasn't even a teenager yet, and he would and it was broadcast from his bedroom, and he would uh, interview like the Beastie Boys, or like. You know, no, I never saw this. That's awesome. Never saw that. Yeah. So like back then, you know, it was a novelty, right? Mm -hmm. 
now it's like uh, I mean, like you know, like we were just talking about PewDiePie earlier. <laughs> right. Right. Do you remember? Um, and by the way, I know that we're 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 liable to get branded as ageist. Yeah. Here on the podcast. So. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we we should probably backtrack or, or, or at least clarify some things. Yeah, we should probably clarify some things though. Like uh, we we do want you to interact with us. <laughs> yes, we do want you to interact. We, we could use some interaction, to be honest. Uh, if you have an opinion that you'd like to share with us, we'll, we'll take it. Yeah. At this point, <laughs> uh, we don't totally hate social media since our 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 show kind of hinges on it right now. Um, but getting back to it, um, right? It's it's empowering people who probably shouldn't be. Uh, empowered in some ways, right? And, and that's and that's and that's a good point to try to, to to use for clarification. It's that for the people who have well formed points of view, mm-hmm. it's an awesome platform, right? Yes, but it also it, it's basically it's handed a megaphone to to people with really stupid points of view. I mean, case in point. The flat earth theorist people. <laughs> who, but what would we do without them, Chuck? I had no – or the hollow earth people. I mean, you know, like – Or uh, just Infowars. You could just say Infowars. Alex Jones, that friggin' nut job. Yeah, like how that is now like a thing. Like that's – that's these the, – the, it's, you know, these people who had these sort of fringy ideas and it was like fine, you know, fine, you know. Have your fringy ideas and get in your little clubs and you know be superior and think you're you know some truth that everyone else doesn't know whatever. But now like you're just shouting until someone listens to you. I think kind of segues into the idea of like a hive mind mentality. I mean, a cult of personality is sort of empowered through social media as well. I mean, do you experience a lot of uh, hive mind stuff? I mean, or did you before you quit? Yeah, I I think the or witness on your own. I, I, you know, I don't, I, I saw it, I mean, sometimes in Facebook and uh, all the typical places, but sometimes even in like comment sections, I know the, jo- you know, the, com- the, the joke always is never read the comments, never read the comments. Um, but uh, even unless, like, uh, but even like websites that like, I'm not going to name drop, but like some, nem- some websites that we are like big fans of that normally that historically have had, you know, kind of celebrated healthy comment sections mm-hmm. have now become hive mind places where um where it's just like it's it's just snark yeah but then you but then you have like twitter where you have like the different the different types of twitter right you have you know film twitter and woke twitter and like all those different groups that like that becomes very hive mindy too where it's like it's like it's gotten to the point now where like i could post something and i know what the responses are going to be before i post it so we could tweet out anti like hashtag anti-vaxxers are playing a dangerous game and i can already predict what kind of twitter response we would get from that we would get you know people a completely dismissive response to us people saying like oh i'm sorry that i want my kids to live or you know or like whatever it's going to be and then what you would get to watch is you like our twitter feed would never have to say another word and we would just watch people fight it out because you would then have you, yeah. know, you have people who are crusading on behalf of each other, and it just turns into this. And then it becomes um, one of the great one of the lines that I like to use is "the louder I am, the writer I am," and and it just turns into that where it stops being about like an actual like conversation around like you know the mercury like 
I have a friend who's who I, 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 have, a, I have a friend who's um, I wouldn't say he's an anti-vaxxer, but he is very suspicious about vaccines. And part of it comes from, and I know people in the nursing world who, who, who share this idea where it's not so much that they're a problem with the vaccines. I mean, they want to ask questions about the preservatives and things in them, but there is like some legitimate concerns around the, the, the number of vaccines that are given to children and how many of them are how given so close together and how that might affect their little bodies and can their bodies process, you know, to me, that's a legitimate conversation. That's a question of science. That's trying to figure out, you know, do, does, does a child's liver, can it handle all of that? Is that, you know, is it, is it, is that a huge cluster of drugs for their little bodies? You know, like, I think that those are legitimate, that's a legitimate conversation. I will have that conversation with somebody with the vet, but like the people out there that say things like vaccines cause autism, when that has been like soundly refuted by the like universal scientific community, yeah. Like that's not a conversation anymore. That is a settle. That is done. Climate change. That conversation is done. Yeah. Um, there is no more talking about this. If you are not on board with the fact that humans cause climate change and that we need to do everything in our power to reduce our emissions, you are wrong. Right. Like, if you're not on board, you are wrong. Like there is no, like there is no entertaining this anymore. You are wrong. And it's, it's not political. <laughs> and it is not political. It is a, it is a it, neutral fact that this is happening. Now you want to have a conversation around whether or not cars are the biggest polluter on the planet versus cows and um, whether or not, you know, our beef farming practices are like way overblown and we need to be more responsible. Like that's a conversation to have around climate change type stuff and around the environment and things like that. Right. Yeah. But to just sit there and say like, Oh, it's not happening. So it's a, it's, it's manufactured. It's created by, it's a conspiracy created by people like to what? By China. Yeah. But like to what? Cause like, yeah, there's not money to be made in solar panels. Right. You know, like you install them once. <laughs> it's, it's all, it's all to sell, uh, those crappy light bulbs, which you don't have to replace in seven years. Like this is a thing that's insane to me. Anyway, we could get on and on about this. <laughs> that, that's, that's a totally different episode. Yes. Uh, climate change. I, I would love to talk about that, but, um, yeah, we could talk about it some other time. Yeah. Um, we talked about how it's creating depression. You know, it's not necessarily unanimous that social media is causing depression. Um, but do you think that social media is something that you kind of need to be emotionally prepared for in order to use? Like, do you think if you have a certain type of personality that maybe it's just some people shouldn't be using it? Possibly. I, I, for me, that's a difficult question to answer because I think it assumes we know what social media is. That's true. Yeah. For example, if you are, if you are a very, if you were very like morally conservative person who is not on board with, um, with same-sex marriage or depiction of queer characters or anything like that, probably stay off DeviantArt. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, I can <laughs> or I, Tumblr or Tumblr, like yeah, or if you're yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, but if you're, um, but if you're, but like I can't say the same thing about like Facebook and Twitter because they're so broad. Right. Yeah, you know, Tumblr, yeah, I mean, tum- you, both Tumblr and DeviantArt like, are sort of crafted out of cer- a certain kind of community. You can create your own world in these places. Right. And sometimes you'll, you know, overlap with another world, and that's when you start screaming at people. Right. So, Chuck, let me ask you, why did you ultimately uh, leave Facebook and Twitter? Well, um, I've been thinking about it for a while, 
Because I was paying attention. I was noticing that I just wasn't happy. And so I guess this Facebook depression thing was actually kind of affecting me. I can't tell you how or why and how I even now, knew that it, it, how I even knew that it was social media that it was doing it. But I would know that I think my wife would point this out to me a few times. Like I would go through Twitter and I would just get angry about stuff. I would just see stuff that it would just it would just emotionally and mentally exhaust me. Were they like from people or were they from like articles you read? Were they like comments? People leaving comments on on on, on your timeline? People comments, things messages. like that. I mean, I I I get criticized a lot for being a liberal. Yeah. I don't consider myself a liberal. Um I think I'm probably a bit of a left leaning moderate more in my in, in my thinking, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I really don't know how to fit myself in a label on this one, but I know that I'm liberal on some things and conservative. I, 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 I'm liberal in certain ways, conservative in other ways, and, I'm, and I tend to be those in ways that that irritate people who identify either way. Um, but like, I get like really, really, really annoyed with extremes of any kind, mm-hmm. especially like when people believe in things to such a way that it's just like you're a walking stereotype. And like, so I would just get, I would get equally exhausted on Twitter seeing like the, like the woke liberals, you know, the, you know, what people derisively call the SJW. Um, I would see the social justice warrior. Like I would see that and it would just, it would like, it's like one of those things where it's like, I'm on board with what you're trying to do. I just can't, I can't, I really annoyed by the way you're doing it. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny because it's sort of a conundrum for me. Because when it comes to the word, like the, the term SJW, I actually really hate that term. Right. Because there are probably people who think that I am an SJW, a social justice warrior. But at the same time, even though I hate that term and I, I never want to use it, um, I also like really don't like the people that it classifies. Right. Because it, it actually turns to be kind of apropos, right? <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, but like I, I'm so confident. I'm like, but I, I hate that term. Like, don't use that term. That's not right. Like, that's not. Yeah. But, but go ahead. I mean, I think it's. I think it. I think it's an apt term for a for a stereotype of that kind of thing, um, because again, it's it's fashion. That's that's the other piece. I mean, like getting back to editing your reality. I think the people who subscribe to this stuff to such extremes, they do so because it's the fashion they've chosen to right. wear. It's not necessarily something that they really truly believe. I, I really do believe that. I really believe that that a lot of the people who spout this stuff online don't really believe it when you put when push comes to shove they just know that it gets them some kind of social capital to say their brand it's their brand it's the brand they're identifying with um and so like when i would see that and then i would see just like mindless like right-wing you know propaganda nonsense just like uncritical thinking dismissiveness it just all of it would just drive me nuts and like and I would just get depressed over it. And then, like, so that was one piece. That was in the getaway. But the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back for me was shortly after the election, um, like the day after whatever, I posted one thing on Facebook um, that was showing, and I, in, in the long run, it turned out to be somewhat of a fabrication, but to show that there were, you know, that there was vandalism and things happening in, you know, from, from people who supported Trump making some pretty, like, you know, racist statements or whatever. And I had a family member who chimed in and didn't want to engage me and instead preferred to um, to be really um, dismissive, did not pay attention to a word I was saying, and just flat out insulted me. And then him and then his buddies from college got on there and started insulting the things I was saying. So I just started blocking everyone, and then I decided, you know what? 
this is it. I, I'm unhappy with this. I've been unhappy with this for months. Why do I feel the need to let this control have, have an impact on my degree of happiness in life? And I realized I've been letting this thing dictate my happiness for the better part of a decade. Right. And so I said, you know what? I'm just going to walk away. And I never made like a conscious, like, this is it. Today's the day. I, I've been kind of playing with, um, walking away in Advent time, but I decided, you know what? It's like, I just pretty much, I just closed it. And then the next day I was like, not today. Yeah. It's kind of a process. Yeah. And the next day was again, not today. And the next thing I knew it was like, Oh, it's been a month and I haven't been on. (laughs) Um, and that's when things got really interesting for me. Once I had the realization that I'd been away for a month, that's when stuff started to get really interesting for me and, and very positive. Can I give my opinion on why I think you left? Sure. I know you for a very long time and I know what your personality is like. I know that Chuck does not like to be told what to do. There's that and too. And I think it is definitely very it's also very much linked to how adverse you are to advertising. Oh. And not so much just the 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 whole idea of advertising, but the manipulation behind advertising to sort of get you to desire something. Yes. The bread and butter of social media these days um is to get someone to feel something to evoke an emotion and you talked about how people on the left are making you feel this way and angry people on the right are making you feel this way and angry you know i think that i think that most outlets today um at least uh, online i'm not going to say like all media is is like you know evil because i don't want to be that guy but i will say a majority of our media is vying for our outrage Oh, totally. I think they, they want us to be rage monsters, like 28 days later, rage monsters. And I think you saw through that bull crap. Yes. And I don't, and you know, it was trying to control you and you don't like, Chuck does not like to be controlled. I would say that that was, that's a pretty accurate insight, JP. I think a lot of people really give up their own sort of their own self-control on social media and they kind of like let other people do it for them. That's why there's a share button. That's why there's a like button. I don't have to say anything. I don't have to think anything. I just have to press a button. Right. And then you become, and then you become kind of like, remember Glenn Beck back in the day when he would be like, I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I just shared the thing, man. It's like, you know, that's why I love when you see the disclaimer on some people's profiles, like on Twitter and stuff that say like, you know, like retweets are not my opinion or like, <laughs> like they have to, <laughs> I haven't seen that. That's pretty funny. Um, like you have to like, so yeah, I mean that, that, that's my opinion, Chuck. No, I think I think it comes down to that. <laughs> your opinion. That's a valid opinion, JP. It's an educated, <laughs> uh, formed opinion about me. Um, that's why we have a podcast. Yeah, and I think that's true. I think there's some truth to that. Um, aside from, no, I, I think that's actually probably to the root of a lot of things because I am, and this is something that the listeners don't know. Like I am adamant about advertising, about removing advertising from my life. Right. Um, I know it hits a g- ethical gray area using ad block software, but for me, it's, I, I, I'm fine with you. I'm fine with you trying to let me, you know, inform me of a product that you have out there. Don't try to psychologically manipulate me into buying your product. Don't try to trick me. And that's where I get concerned. Um, you know, flashing things in front of my face and all that kind of crap. Um, so yeah, hey, you know, it's funny. I haven't seen an advertisement funny. in two years. So oh, really, <laughs> um, what's funny is that I actually have been, uh, I started a book. I haven't finished it, but I, I, I was reading a textbook on uh, advertising, and um, that kind of advertising you're talking about, Chuck, is actually considered a bad advertising. Oh, I know that, but that's the thing is, it's like nobody seems to get that memo, 
Right. Yeah. I, but I mean, it's funny because I, at the same time, I have a great appreciation for the art of advertising. Um, yeah. I mean, there's that Apple computer in 1984, right? That, which, which is incredible. Right. Um, I mean, and you know, there are times where it, it totally worked on me and stuff. I get that, but it's just like, and like I said, I can appreciate the art. I can appreciate the cleverness of it. I love the show Mad Men, which deals with all those kinds of things. Right. Um, but I don't want it to. I want to have some kind of say in it. Um, right. I don't want to just involuntarily let it, you know, like, and I, and I love how transparent we are about this in the internet too. Like, you know, it's like, Oh, click this so we can better show you advertising. How about showing me no advertising? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's, it is funny. Cause you know, you, if you, you can opt out of an advertiser, but then they ask you, why didn't you like this ad? Well, why do you think like what else, what other answer am I going to have besides it's intrusive? Right. But then it has like, but like the assumptions, cause it's like preset questions that you have to answer back. You can't just say like. I don't like advertising. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, like I, I, oh, I, I have, we can't do that. I have right. fundamental problems with what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So like, I mean, yeah, just to go to the extent of that, just to bring it up, I, you know, being a stream, being a, 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 a cable cut, a cord cutter, I have paid subscription to Hulu. I have a paid subscription to Netflix and to Amazon prime. Um, I pay for the, the Hulu that gives me no ads. I have ad blocking software on all of my computers, um, that, uh, that I'm, I am, I am, I am aggressive with in using script blockers and things in order to prevent it. Um, there are certain websites that have like ad blocker blockers on them that won't let me look at their content unless I turn off my ad blocker. So guess what? Forbes.com. You don't get my, you don't get my, you don't get, I don't visit you. Sorry. You know, it's funny. I actually have kind of sort of adopted like your way a little bit, Chuck, and my, and my Twitter experience, I block every single account that promotes uh, an advertisement. Nice. It comes away. I don't know if it is accomplishing anything. Well, but I know that every time I see a promoted tweet, I block the crap out of that. Account. Oh yeah, promoted. Well, what I do on promoted tweets is I used to um, always there was like a uh, there's like a little option that would be like I don't want to see this. Yeah, and I would hit that, and then I always say like other, like I would just say, or, or sometimes I'd say I find it offensive. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like I would just on on command, I don't care what it was, I would dismiss it, and um, like it could be like a company that I love, like Publix, dismiss. Like I just don't want to see the ad. Eventually. Right. <laughs> Eventually, I think I like tricked the avatar or the uh, the algorithm at Twitter enough that it just sort of gave up trying to advertise on me because like <laughs> before I quit, I like never saw promoted tweets. They just didn't show up anymore because it was just like I don't the, it's like I don't know what the hell this guy wants. Um, yeah. I don't think my my method is working. Yeah, no, <laughs> I blocked a lot of accounts. I just use I just use adblock. I use adblock software, and I'm the only problem is it's it, you can't really get it on phones. But I'm pretty good about just sort of blanking out on seeing and paying attention to advertisements. But like if like if like I'm I'm using something that has like an autoplay ad that I have to watch like a YouTube thing like where it plays those stupid ads, um, I just turn the phone away. Right. Like I, I really do. Like they, I mean I know it's ridiculous and, and, and I'm sort of a fundamentalist on this, but this is true. But this is completely <laughs> off topic. Um, yeah. I, um, well, go ahead. Sorry. So uh, what I was going to say is because I, I I. But it's I mean somewhat related to the advertising topic too, I guess in a way, and bringing it back, is that. For me, it's like it's about freedom, right? And freedom yeah. is where we find emotional fulfillment and happiness. We are happy when we're free. It's the it's the reason why Thomas Jefferson wrote in the preamble to the Constitution that we ought to, you know, that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That this is uh, these are key concepts in America. You know, this is key concept in American democracy. Uh, Jefferson understood them to be fundamental human rights. Uh, that we ought to live in a society that promotes the ability for us to be free not to be manipulated. 
-hmm. and that there's happiness, that you're able to pursue happiness in liberty. That's the idea. Um, and so by, by, by finding liberty from social media, just like I have from most advertising, um, has really increased my happiness. I feel fundamentally a happier person. Um, I'm, you know, it's like, and it's like, it's like weird things now. Like it's like I walk, cause I, I walk to work now cause I live on my school campus. So I walk across campus to my office every day. And like when I walk, like if I'm like, I'll notice things like, oh, there's some new flowers blooming today. And like, I'll stop and pay attention to the flowers or like this morning, like I saw that the, like outside my office, like three crab spiders had really set up these, you know, these, these webs. And I was just like paying attention to the crab spiders. And I'm like, who, who am like, I? I'm like freaking like St. Francis, like a Zen poet or something like <laughs> No, you're like Lester Burnham from American Beauty. Just uh, <laughs> there we see go. That paper, you see that uh, plastic back phone? It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's it brought back certain things. Like I'm I'm feeling more creative again. I've started writing poetry again. I've started drawing a little bit. Um, I'm reading better, and I've actually read. I'm reading faster. Nice. I don't know what that what that does, but my general sense of happiness and energy and all of that has increased since I quit, and because I feel. All of this positive stuff, I don't know if I ever want to go back. Well, that's what I was gonna. I was gonna ask you if you were, if you ever saw yourself coming back. But it kind of seems like it'd just be pointless. Yeah. I, besides, even that, you you have a social media platform that you that you use that doesn't seem to be bothering you, which is Instagram. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm increasingly I, I have to pay attention to it because it's time wasting stuff, and that's my biggest problem is using my phone to waste time. And it's like if I'm playing like a game on the phone or something and then like I'm trying to go to sleep, but I'm kind of done with the game, but I don't really want to go to sleep yet. I'm like I have Tumblr. I have Tumblr and Instagram on my on my phone. And like I pretty much use Tumblr like some people use Pinterest. It's just like images that I think. So it's like Instagram and Tumblr are the same thing to me. It's just like, okay. you know, it's like you know, people resharing like old movie posters or like, you know, photos of Japan, you know, because I am who I am. Um, (laughs) you know, it's the same kind of stuff. So I'll just, I kind of scroll through all of that. Um, I I will say that one of the, this is completely, this is kind of an aside, um, about Instagram, but I will say the thing that's kind of fascinated me is what Instagram's algorithm thinks of me. Because when I search, (laughs) when I hit the hourglass icon on Instagram, my feed is inundated. It's like all like surfing videos, uh, yeah. Attractive women doing yoga <laughs> and people proposing to each other. That's weird. Oh, and, some, okay. and, and then every now and some Godzilla related stuff. So you, you've pretty much have found a platform that you can use. That's not really like social media, but it, it kind of falls in the umbrella a little bit. Yeah. Um, and well, and I will say that the thing about Instagram too is, and why I've kind of stuck with it is because it's photo sharing. I like the photo filters. That's the biggest reason I like being able to do like the photo editing. Cause it's better. It's, it's decent photo editing. Um, I know I could get apps and stuff to do it, but I like the photo editing, but it's also, it allows me to post, and I said this before in the podcast, but it allows me to post my photos to Facebook without logging into Facebook. And I know that both my mom and my mother-in-law and other family members of mine are much more active on Facebook than they are on Instagram. So it allows me to post photos of my kids for them to see. Mm -hmm. Um, but now like I can just post it and they can see what's going on and I just let it be like, I don't have to see all the other nonsense on on facebook yeah and you know what what, what kind of frustrates me chuck is um you know you said you're you're much happier now and that you're able to do all the all these great things i feel like 
that is what the purpose behind social media should be. Yeah. Like these things should should exist to make us happy. And you know, I feel like it's it's been distorted in two other ways. Either it makes us angry or it makes us happy in a sort of not that healthy way. And like we we're, we're talking about hive minds and editing your reality. Like those things make you happy, but that's pro- that's not really healthy. Right. You know? So you know, I mean, can <laughs> I'm trying to find a way to like um well, I should say I've tried to find, not find a way to spin it in a good way, but do you think social media can be improved to where you can sort of get something healthy out of it? I mean, I, I, I've made friends through social media, and I actually do cherish our friendship, and I've, we've had a lot of great conversations. Um, a lot of people I know, I, I know some of my uh, spoiler-free folks are listening, uh, shout out. I want to meet them all in real life one day. Um, but at the same time, you know, that's such a small portion of my of my social media life. And most of it is kind of consumed in sort of the sort of unhealthy happiness and unhealthy, you know, aggravation that I kind of feel like I'm chasing a dragon, you know, or I feel like if I reach a certain level, then, you know, I will have conquered social media and I can use it to make myself, you know, the kind of happiness that you're experiencing. Right. I mean, I think what I think Facebook, I think well for Facebook in particular, what would make it a better platform is if it went back to its original its original plan of being focused around groups yeah um because you know i mentioned like i I, i've made some jokes and mentioned deviant art but i feel like i feel like deviant art is a really great example of a social media because it's a community for artists right and and i guess Flickr is kind of like that too is a social media platform for photos um but it's like I can put it's it's one thing. It's yeah. one thing. And you can't like that's what it's just it's, it knows what it is. It's a platform for people to show it, share and even sell their art. And that's it. It's yeah. a marketplace. It's you know, it's kind of like Etsy or something. It's just it it it's that's all it is. And and then and there and but a community is fostered around it where people, you know, share each other's art, you know. And and so there's like a common interest, common thing there. And that's really I mean the the vision of the internet from the nineties was that was these collections of people who kind of can be able to find like-minded groups to, um, to do healthy, good things together. Now I know it gets scary when it becomes like political hive minds and that's where the stuff, that's where stuff gets problematic. But I think, I think if things could be whittled down and be narrowed, I mean, case in point, I think one of the best social media platforms that has ever existed and, it, it was too good that it couldn't exist any longer. And that is vine. Um, Oh yeah. Because I think what I think is interesting about vine is how particularly young African Americans mm-hmm. utilize the platform for any number of things, comedy, whatever. I mean, it was really, and I know that there has been some criticisms that Vine shutdown is sort of seen as a racist move. It's like, because white people aren't using it, it doesn't matter. And I think there's some probably some truth to that. Um, but I, but I think Vine was great because it evolved into one thing. It became a place for a very creative comedic platform and some art, I mean, and other like serious art stuff, they'd be able to do stuff through six seconds. I mean, I thought it it, it was, but it was for creativity it wasn't political. Yeah. It didn't ply its it didn't ply its trade in um, political outrage, and I think that's why I had to shut down. 
because you couldn't make it because like, I think you're right. I think outrage is the currency right now yeah. and vine couldn't work in that currency. Yeah. My- and it was legitimately fun <laughs> yeah. and we don't want things to be fun anymore. Everything has to be super serious. Hmm. You definitely have a point there, Jack. I never thought of it that way. When I think back on vine, I don't, whenever I did sort of visit it or watch, you know, I kind of, you know, just to waste time, watch compilations of videos. There was nothing like controversial in terms of, uh, I mean, outrage. I mean, th- there was no, you know, grandma talking about how much she hates, I don't, I don't know, liberals. It was just uh, people like doing their best to make other people laugh. Yeah. Some, some were complete failures. Some were extremely funny. Right. Um, but I, I think you're right, Chuck. You know, I, I, and I have to say, I'm a little ashamed because I, I, I feel like I was kind of part of the contingent that sort of kind of thunned my nose a little bit at Vine. And I think it's because of the whole like Vine star craze. Right. You know, sort of. I mean, I, I just I don't like the whole Internet celebrity thing. Like it just it gets on my nerves. Right. I mean, I think in some ways it's going to be unavoidable. Yeah. But I mean, I I wish I had been better about it, but I had I did at least one Vine sermon like I had this idea of distilling all of my sermons down to a six second version of my sermons and posting them every week on vine. Um, which that's kind of cool. Actually. And it, the funny thing is, is like no one was doing that. Um, yeah. and I'm not trying to like sound like I was ahead of my time or whatever. I saw like one guy who was, he, he had a hashtag six second sermon and it wasn't a sermon. It was just him like driving his car, trying to do something. Like I was like in the pulpit, in my vestments doing this. Um, but I just was never disciplined enough to keep up with it. Um, probably because I was distracted by all the other crap on the internet. You know, now I'd probably do it like every five minutes. But I think it was. I think I think Vine was a great platform, and I'm sorry to see it go. Um, I don't think it ever got to live up to its potential. Yeah. And but again, but maybe it did. Maybe it was exactly what it needed to be. But because right. it wasn't what the what the machine wanted it to be, it had yeah. to die. That's sad because it kind of makes you re- kind of makes you realize like maybe there's no more. Um, Maybe it can't evolve anymore, social media. Maybe, like, we need a new thing, like the way that we went from chat rooms to message boards to social media. Like, maybe that's, I don't know, we've reached the apex. I mean, what's what's interesting is, is uh, not so long ago, I read a, I read a bit about the, re- the recording industry. And at the, like, right when music streaming took off, like... You, you know, you subscribe to basically, you know, you, like Netflix, you subscribe to a service and you can stream a whole bunch of albums. You know, that's the model that like, like so many media types, you know, different media formats are using that as soon as that took off, vinyl made its biggest resurgence and outsold and outsold digital downloads. Oh, and yeah. there are some people wondering if there's a correlation. I mean, with Instagram, you have filmmaking and come back as well. Yeah. Film stock. Right. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it is, it makes me wonder if like, yeah, we've hit this, like we, we've hit this per this, this, this what, nadir or whatever, like, I guess we call it apex, but you know, it could be nadir and it could result in some kind of more classic, you know, of course that's going to be criticized as being a hipster move, but yeah. you know, it's, uh, well, I tell you what, I can't wait to create another AOL chat room and, uh, Dust off Corbin Archer again. There you go. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, I think that's a really good place to end. Yeah, it's a long episode. 
Well, I think that is a great place uh, to leave off. Yes. Chuck, thank you so much. You're welcome. And uh, thank you, listeners, for continuing to uh, uh, listen to this podcast. We appreciate your listening. Have a great week and good journey. And don't forget to like us on Facebook and make us famous. What you want to do? Want to be hackers, cold crackers, slackers, wasting time with all the chat room yackers, nine to five chilling at the Packers, working at a desk with a dumb little placard, yeah, paying the bills with my math programming skills, yeah, for fragging yeah, my hard drive yeah, for thrills, yeah, I got me a hundred gigabytes of RAM, I never feed trolls and I don't read spam, install the T1 line in my house, always at my PC, double clicking on my missiles, upgrade my system at least twice a day, I'm strictly plug and play, I ain't afraid of Y2K, I'm down with Bill Gates, I call him money for short, I phone him up at home and I make him do my tech support, it's all about the premium, what, we gotta be the dumbest movie I've ever seen.